Who are you listening to right now? Who is it that you think you hear? Do you know how much I record per week? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you even know what would happen if I simply decided to stop recording? A podcast with enough listeners to keep its host endorphins flowing like a river goes belly up. It ceases to exist. No, you clearly don't know who you're listening to, so let me clue you in. I am not making a podcast. I am the podcast. A guy gets caught hosting a meaningless podcast and you think that of me? No. I am the one who hosts. All screws loose. Thoughts unhinged. Guys, if you don't know what that intro is, that is Walt's I Am the Danger monologue from Season 4 of Breaking Bad. One of the best shows to ever hit television. One of my personal favorite shows. And just a piece of what we're going to be talking and covering in today's episode. Which, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes or you haven't been following the Facebook updates, today we're going to cover... AMC's Mount Rushmore, which is going to be their four best shows that they've ever put out, according to my expert opinion, which I know is so valued at all times by all of my listeners. But no, we're going to look at some facts, we're going to look at some awards, and we're going to discuss as to what makes these four shows what I would call the face of AMC. I mean, because... Does everyone remember when AMC was just pumping out, not just pumping out shows, but pumping out gold? I mean, they would put out the they would put out multiple shows per year, and these were shows that people were clinging to, that they were continuing to go and watch, coming back every week. And then some of these shows would either overlap each other, or they would, once one would end, just a few weeks, maybe even sometimes just one week would go by, and the next one would start. And some of the viewers from the previous show would just start immediately watching this other one. So it's like they had a continuous viewership for the entire year. And then once the cycle started over again with the the first show, they would just start the cycle all over again. And more than likely with more viewers than they had the previous cycle. So if you're not a fan of any of the shows that AMC has put out, which I hope most of you are, if not all of you, um, maybe you'll learn something today and you'll go back and watch. I think almost all of these shows are available on Netflix or Hulu or I think now every network has their own app. You can probably just, if you have a cable provider or however you watch TV, you can probably just plug in your credentials to their app and have access to all of these shows. But let's not waste any more time, guys, and let's go ahead and get into the Mount Rushmore of AMC. And welcome back, everybody. I have some exciting news for everybody. Last week, I was privileged to be a special guest on the Too Drunk to Theory podcast, hosted by my good friend Ship and Kitley. Um, that episode is going to be coming out in the coming days, guys. So please, please check them out. They have a podcast available on Spotify. Uh, talking about true crime and conspiracy theories. If you want your gears to be, if you want your gears to start churning, 
And if you want, if you want to ask so many questions that you didn't know that you had capable of that you were capable of asking, give the Too Drunk to Theory podcast a listen. Find them on Spotify. Find uh, find them on Facebook too, and give their page a like. Uh, it really was a privilege to uh, to be on the show, and they're gonna be they're gonna be on this show in a couple weeks, guys. And we're gonna talk about some good movies and TV shows and some music. Um, so give them a warm warm welcome, and go and check out their show. I don't you guys are not gonna be disappointed, and you can check out our our topic of discussion, which was us reminiscing about when we worked together in corrections, which is pretty funny. You talk about, we talk about the highs and lows and, um, you know, some of the realities that were, that were a part of doing that kind of work. So give their podcast a listen, give it a rating and give it a like, and make sure to follow that show. It is too drunk to theory. That is the number two, the word drunk, the number two again, and the word theory. But let's get into AMC's Mount Rushmore, the four shows I'm going to, going to say that it this is the four shows that I think that people think of the network AMC uh when when you talk about these shows and if you if someone talks about like hey did you see what's on AMC automatically in your mind these are the four four shows that I think that they're that they're known for um let's talk a little bit about AMC itself um and some of the other good things that they that they have uh, not only these shows, but one of my favorite things to watch uh, every year is AMC's Fear Fest. God, I mean, I'm a huge horror movie fan, and for a network to dedicate an entire month to showing not only just horror flicks, but not like not some of these Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D type ones. Don't get me wrong, that there's they do show some of those types of movies. But they show the ones that we want to watch, not only like Halloween, not just Halloween H2O or the or the curse of Michael Myers, but the ones we want to watch. One, two, uh, the Friday the 13th, the Nightmares on Elm Street, the Dawns of the Dead, the Lands of the all of the dead. Uh, this festival is something that I look forward to that me and my 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 wife look forward to uh, watching every year. And it's been around since. 1997 um and from that time for about 11 years up until 2008 it was called uh monster fest uh, which amc decided to go ahead and change the name to fear fest because you can as you can tell as you can probably already tell in your mind fear doesn't always just come from a monster you know how many paranormal movies are there about aliens uh killers uh, I guess a killer could be quote unquote a monster, but when you think of monster fish, you think of a singular like monster creature. Um, but they kind of opened it up to a broader spectrum with with the term fear fest, which I think it works. I love. I think it just rolls off the tongue. But AMC also accompanies to those who love Christmas movies too. They have their little Christmas movie fest, which I'm a fan of. I'll, I'll tune into it. But to be on to be honest, I think. Uh, Freeform's previously known as ABC Family's uh, 25 Days of Christmas probably takes the cake with the uh, Christmas movies and, and festivals. It just, when I think, if I think I'm going to watch Christmas movies during Christmas time, um, I'm probably going to say that I'm going to go with uh, Freeform 
more than any other network. And I do have to specify watching Christmas movies during Christmas time because I can't tell you how many times in the middle of 100 degree July days that I get home and I'm like, you know what, I want to I watch Christmas with the cranks. And the weird, here, does anyone ever notice this? So to be like the middle of the summer, it's hot as hell outside and you get on Netflix or whatever. Netflix, you know what? Yes, I'm targeting Netflix on this. You get on Netflix and boom, Christmas movies. There they are. You know, oh, uh, Christmas with the Cranks especially. This is one because this has happened to me personally. So I'll watch it. Months will go by. The fall passes. And here we get into November. And uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to start watching Christmas, Christmas movies at the appropriate time. So he's like, you know what? Let's go back to Netflix. You go and look. And it's all, sorry, are you looking for uh, titles related to Christmas with the Cranks? They don't have it. I was like, why the why the fuck do you have this movie during the hottest part of the year, but during the time that, uh, during the time of year when we actually need to be watching it, you don't have it? I mean, has anyone else experienced that or is it just me? Because that's a core memory for me. As soon as November 1st hits, I'm ready to watch Christmas movies. I'm one of those. As big of as a as big of a horror fan that I am, not a horror, a horror fan. Um, I want, I love to watch all these gory, scary, paranormal movies. But as soon as midnight strikes and Halloween, October thirty first turns to November first, I take off the black and I put all the Christmas colors on, and I turn into this magical elf being. And I love to, and I want to watch Christmas movies. I want to watch The Grinch. I want to watch Christmas with the Cranks, damn it. And here, here's Netflix robbing me of the right time to watch the movie. But now, after an almost 10-minute ramble, let's go ahead and name the four shows that I believe belong on, that belong on a mountain dedicated to AMC. And we're going to go in the order of, I think how good they are, and how popular they've been. Um, so we're going to go from the worst to best, which none of these are terrible. Maybe it, maybe on one of them, a portion of it, um, maybe a piece of the show is terrible. Um, but you can't deny the impact they've had and how good their first few seasons were. And I'm talking directly about you, Walking Dead. That is the number four of of these of this list of four shows. Uh, you can't deny the success that Walking Dead had in the beginning, the impact and the influence, and they just, it came out swinging. And I just I remember we my family, me and my family had anticipated it so much, but we were already big zombie movie fans. Um, of course, any horror, but zombie movies in particularly. And as I've talked about him before in the last, the last two episodes, thank you, Uncle Paul. It's because of him that we love him so much. Uh, but we anticipated so much. And, you know, some of us had read some of the uh, some of the comics, the Walking Dead comics that had come out before. So it was awesome to see this story that we were reading about uh, finally hit the small screen and and have success. Not only did it come out, but it was it was a hit. It really was a hit. Um, so coming in at number three, uh, we're going to go with Better Call Saul. Um, now this is a little bit later than all the other shows, uh, but you can't deny how, how important and how loved and well-received this show is. And even though I haven't seen all the show, I've seen the first two seasons, I believe, 
um, the show the show is good and it picks up where I love that it where it picks up uh, the Breaking Bad story. Um, and it gives us so much, it gives us so much insight, uh, into the Gustavo Fring character, uh, Jimmy, uh, or AKA Saul and my personal favorite Breaking Bad character with Mike Ehrmantraut and some of the other new characters that, uh, that get featured in this, in this show. And coming in at number two is a show that I was not very keen on watching when it was when it was being aired and it was coming out but it's a show and it's a show that I haven't finished watching either um but I've seen the first season and it's so it, it, I really like it and I know it just gets better and better uh but Mad Men Mad Men had such a such a huge presence on on TV uh and for without a doubt I mean it's its track record shows why it was so popular but it's not number one. Number one has to belong. If number if AMC is going to have a best show, I think undoubtedly, unanimously should be voted Breaking Bad. Which, as we've talked, uh, already heard the intro. Breaking Bad is almost, in my opinion, you can say what you say about you can say what you want about my taste, is almost a perfect show. Now there are some slow parts. There are some parts that I don't really particularly care for. Now that I've seen everything a hundred times, there are some parts that I do skip that I like to skip. Um, we're talking about you, uh, Skylar White, you Ted fucking bitch. Man, I can't stand that little that part of the show when when she gets romantically involved with uh, her boss Ted Benicky, and she sings to him like uh, I think it's a Marilyn Monroe singing. It's supposed to mimic Marilyn Monroe singing to uh, President Kennedy. Uh, it was so cringe, you can't stand it. Ugh, ugh, gives me the chills. Just, just gives me the chills just thinking about it. But so those are the four shows: The Walking Dead, Better Call Saul, Mad Men, and Breaking Bad. And here's a fact to tighten down all those loose screws. Combined, all four of these shows have won 34 Emmys. Now, I guess we're going to include Better Call Saul on that solely because they received over 40 nominations, but unfortunately they have zero wins. But I guess if you have that many nominations, we're going to go ahead and give them credit for uh, contributing here. Uh, the Walking Dead wins, has won two Emmys, and Mad Men and Breaking Bad both are tied with bringing in 16 Emmy wins. Now... To win, to win 34, or to win 16 Emmys, that, that's, that's obviously a sign that the show is popular, it's doing good things, and it is well-received, obviously. Uh, the Walking Dead, too. I mean, you don't just win, you don't win an award without putting out some kind of good product. Um, and Better Call Saul, I think, you know, it's just come, it's come out at a time where there's just so many good things being pumped out. Um... Which I don't think takes away from how good the show is. I just think that it just may it maybe it's not as good as its current competition is in re, in reality. There's just as as it's shown with them having haven't winning anything. There's just better shows out there. But what if they're grading at ninety five and everything else is grading at ninety seven? It's still it's still really good. It's just not been as 
good and successful as these other three have been. So let's look at the year 2010. So we know Better Call Saul doesn't come out for another five or six years. But in the year 2010, season three of Breaking Bad airs from March 21st to June 13th. And then after a break of almost just over a month, uh, starting on July 25th, season four of Mad Men airs. And that runs all the way through October 17th, and then just two weeks, and then just two weeks later, uh, on Halloween night, The Walking Dead premieres with its first season, and it runs all the way, it runs through December 5th. I didn't want to say all the way because I remember, I think it's only six, I think it's maybe six or eight episodes. It was, I know it was a short season because uh, I remember watching it religiously for those weeks and thinking, gosh, it's already over. It's already almost done. Um, but I guess that's kind of common for a premiere season. Uh, so for looks like, you know, nine to ten months out of this out of the year, AMC is airing. Uh, a popular a popular show and so for for almost all of 2010 they it I don't know if I want to say they're the dominant networks I don't think they were but they definitely have strong viewership and then they start getting newer fans fans like me that came in to start watching The Walking Dead and loving it and wanting more and then knowing that well what else does this network have I've I've seen, I remember seeing, saying, I've seen some commercials for Breaking Bad, but I don't know what it's about. And Mad Men, to me, Mad Men was everywhere. Uh, I'd always see a trailer or some kind of commercial for Mad Men. Um, but I don't, I didn't start watching these shows until after I'm introduced to AMC shows through The Walking Dead. So let's talk about, let's talk about, real quick, let's talk about that intro season. That first Walking Dead season, man, I, I loved it. I loved it. I remember watching it religiously. Uh, I remember uh, my personal Instagram. If I look at, if I go back and look back to 2011 and 2012, um, the show was so popular, and I would I have so many Walking Dead memes posted on my on my personal Instagram. Uh, it was almost like I would give I would I would get into uh, giving commentary for people I don't know who the fuck was listening, but on my Twitter and and Facebook page. Um, you know, I'd be watching it, and, you know, it'd come on, you know, everyone shut up, you know, The Walking Dead's on, and everyone's like, I'm not even talking, especially not to you, jackass, um, but especially, there's one, one, one thing in, in particular, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, if you've never seen The Walking Dead, uh, the main character, Rick Grimes, you know, he's left behind, they think he's dead, and during the apocalypse, his wife, and his son end up getting out of the city in uh, in Georgia, getting out of uh, Atlanta, and she ends. She thinks he's dead, so she ends up hooking up with with another man, and it, it does happen to be his partner and best friend for when he was a sheriff's deputy. Um, but uh, so, anyways, her name is Lori, and you know, as a diehard Rick Grimes fan, uh, when I was watching it the first time, you know, I thought Lori was just just a bitch for that. And I had posted, uh, you know, Lori is such a whore in the middle of watching the show. And one of my one of my friends at the time <laughs> responded like, what did I do? Because <laughs> her name was Lori that's spelled L-O-R-I. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm not talking to you. I don't I don't really I don't know anything about your personal life, whether you are or not. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But so, yeah, that that's what would, that's what I would do. That was my Sunday nights, like a pathetic high school kid. 
Uh, but let's kind of talk, let's real quick go back to being a huge Rick Grimes fan. So I'm watching this show as a seven, 16, 17, 18 year old, right? In the, in the peak of its popularity, I think the first four seasons. And I'm a huge fan of the, of the main character, Rick. And now I guess, I don't know what it is. I'm a little older. I went back and watched it recently and I still like him. I still like what he does, but he's not my favorite character. And there are some, I'm very critical of him. And I do think sometimes Shane was right in making some of the decisions. Rick was just a little soft, uh, but can I blame him? I don't want to be put in the situation that he was and having to make some of the decisions that, uh, that he had to have made. And I think so. To be completely honest about break uh, about uh, the Walking Dead, I think they really shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, so I stopped watching the Walking Dead when I went off to college in 2012. I kept up with a season or two afterwards, um, but just as quickly as I fell in love with the show, I fell out of love with it and just let it go. I never picked up. Um, I know the show ended either last year or the year before. And I got to say, probably the last six or seven seasons, I didn't, I didn't watch. Uh, I know who Negan is. I know who uh, Elijah is, but I don't know just about anyone else. Um, but the show just got really repetitive. And I was talking about it with one of my friends' dad uh, this past weekend. You know, it was like, every, with the new season would start, you'd be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen, I've seen this before. It's like Star Wars. Okay, we blew up the Death Star. Now this new movie is, oh okay. Oh, they're 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 blowing up another Death Star. Okay, and another Death. Star. Okay, okay, it's just bigger now. It has trees on it. Okay. Um, but yes, The Walking Dead. It just it got repetitive. Uh, it just didn't grow like it was supposed to, and I just feel like they missed they missed a lot of opportunities. And they are an ex. The Walking Dead is an example of not knowing when to walk away. I think they could have walked away. And went out on top, and maybe they would have made it higher on my list. And I know that the creators, you know, at the time were so interested. Though, how do we make a good enough show to make uh, this guy, this guy's, this guy's going to have a podcast? How do we make his? How do we make it higher on his list? And I don't just want to be number four. I know that was their. I know that was their number one uh, priority, and uh, they really fumbled on that, you know. But, but no, I think they. I definitely would have. Uh, moved this show up on this list had they not just kept going on and on when when they probably should have uh, should have ended it. But at the heat of its popularity, I mean, I mean, this show had everything. Uh, it had memes. I mean, the memes were everywhere. And this is at the time when when memes weren't just were just moving past just the kids using them. I mean, the adults are starting. The boomers are starting to love the memes. Uh, no offense to anyone, but come on, let's have a laugh about it. I, and I was so invested into it. I remember uh, the Christmas, Christmas when I, the first Christmas I had when I was in college, I came back home and and I think a lot of my, a lot of the stuff I got that year was was The Walking Dead. I know I got a, a Walking Dead T-shirt from my uncle. I had comic books. I had action figures. Uh, and I still have one of the posters up in my room right now that I got during that time too. And it's uh, when Rick is uh, is standing on top of the tipped over bus in the prison for season three. But the show just became became you know okay. So now the survivors have moved from where they were last season. They find this new place. Oh look, there's another 
there's another authoritative figure. Okay, let's fight him. And oh yeah, oh shit, there's zombies in this. This is there's remember there's also zombies a part of this show too. Let's throw some of those in there. Okay, let's have a big fight. Everything's gone. Okay, well, let's gonna go. We're gonna go to our next place, and then boom, and then boom, and then the same same cycle. Uh, for me, that's kind of what turned me off from it. Uh, now going into break uh, breaking. I want to go into Breaking Bad so bad for some reason. Uh, probably because that's the most watched show out of these four for me. I've watched every episode so many times. But we're going to talk about uh, Better Call Saul first, which I've only seen the first season. Uh, but I do like it. And it, it was a bit slow at first. Uh, and I know it does pick up in the later seasons. But I actually like the first season. Even, even though people say it could be pretty slow, I do enjoy it. Um, but... As we talked about earlier, Mike Ehrmantraut is my is my favorite Breaking Bad character, and I love how we get so much more of him and, and, and his character development in this in this series. And I've seen a lot of clips about Mike uh, on my Facebook Watch or Facebook Reels, and then on YouTube. Uh, even though I haven't watched those episodes, like there's one when he's in this parking garage with and I don't know the guy's name but he's this goofy suburban dad looking thing looking guy and he drives a minivan uh but apparently he's he's mixed up into in the in the drug world somehow but uh so Mike is in this garage and he's with two guys and one of them is Stephen Ogg who plays Trevor in uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 and so if I'm not mistaken this is about 2016 and and GTA GTA 5 is really is in full swing. It's been out for three or four years, and I think they've launched the online version. So there's a lot of popularity for GTA. So to bring Stephen Ogg from the video game world, which is the only thing I ever knew him from, and now putting him in this show, this popular show, was pretty cool. And Mike's this old man, and Stephen's probably, you know, probably around middle age, but very, very much more active and uh, <laughs> a little bit more limber than old Mike. But uh, he gets his ass beat by Mike, and he gets almost—I almost want to say pistol whipped. He gets a—he gets a pistol. He gets a, the butt end of the pistol to the throat, and uh, gets his ass beat with. And Mike doesn't give that much effort that it causes the huge behemoth of a man next to him to run away. Um, but the show also gives us more insight into the developments of what Gustavo Fring, who is. Probably the best antagonist of Breaking Bad um, before he meets his untimely end. Uh, and then we also get uh, some more insight into Tuco Salamanca. Tight, 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 yeah! And if you're not familiar with, with that quote, that is what Tuco uh, says in Breaking Bad when he takes a bump of the new, new and improved meth recipe that Walt gives him in a junkyard. So if you haven't, if you, if you don't have a good a good imagination, you can imagine Tuco is this meth uh, meth boss who is a complete psycho and doesn't like you questioning him and will kick your ass to a literal bloody pulp. Um, but we can get into that when we talk about Breaking Bad because that's from Breaking Bad, not Better Call Saul. But uh, more importantly, we see the development of Saul Goodman more specifically. Jimmy McGill, and how he goes from a small-time criminal defense attorney in Albuquerque to the flamboyant, full-of-personality uh, criminal defense attorney Saul Goodman. 
which I remember being like today years old because I didn't realize it immediately. But when I was watching Breaking Bad and I figured out that uh, uh, Saul Goodman's name is actually a play on Saul Goodman. And I don't I don't know how I didn't realize that when I first heard the name. Um, but that's kind of a little fun fact there and kind of if you're a fan of the shows and didn't know that now I'm not the only moron out there and thank you you made me feel so much better thank you so much whoever you are and I may have got it wrong earlier in the pod but uh, I think I think I said that uh, Better Call Saul is still continuing it actually did conclude last year in 2022 with its final season uh, so I think that puts it at six seasons I'm pretty sure which that means, which is a good thing because that puts them on pace with kind of like Breaking Bad. I mean, technically Breaking Bad ended after five seasons, but the way they broke it up with that second one, uh, I it almost felt like a sixth season because I want to say we waited a, over we waited a year in between se- in between the first half of season five and then the uh, the uh, second half of of that season, but. Hey, Vince Gilligan, the creator of that show, and the rest of AMC and his crew, they know when to end it. I will give them that. Walking Dead, Fear. Now, and I think The Walking Dead has all these Fear the Walking Dead, uh, Talk about the Walking Dead, Think about the Walking Dead, uh, Shoot the Walking <laughs> I don't know, but they have several other spinoffs, and I haven't checked any of them out, and I don't know if they... Uh, are going to follow the same thing of just milk it for as much money as you can and eventually end it when it's too late to save. But the next show that we're going to talk about, the one that comes in at number two, which is to me AMC's second best show. And some people, because I've met some people that are big Mad Men fan and they think that it's better than Breaking Bad. Um, just on my list, it comes in at number two. And it could also be because I haven't finished it too. I do plan on finishing it. I've seen the first couple seasons, uh, but I enjoy it. I just have commitment problems. I don't, you know, sometimes I just, uh, I'll, I'll be with something and then, you know, I'm like, oh no, this is getting too good. I, I, I can't let this go on. Um, obviously, I don't always follow that because uh, I do have a good wife and I'm still married. Um, I just kind of, if I, how I keep that going is, okay. I think about a situation. I'm like, okay, what would Jose normally do here? And then I just don't do that. And it's worked out, and I'm at a good solid um, eight years. And boom, if she's listening to it, she's going to be glad that I got got the math correct on the first try, and I knew how long it's been. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I said the the wrong answer first and then edited it out. Not, that's not what happened. So, boom. But let's continue with Mad Men. So Mad Men's number two. Uh, Mad Men is a is a show about uh, advertising. It focuses on uh, one of New York's most prestigious uh, advertising agencies in the 1960s. And I want to I want to say the show it runs exactly from 1960 to 1970. Obviously, it was released in the 2000s, but it's based on that time period. And its main character uh, is uh, John Hamm, who plays uh, Donald Draper, who, in just from what I've watched, I haven't determined, I guess I shouldn't say I haven't determined, he's really not the best guy, but he's not a villain at the time, I don't know. 
if those of you have seen and loved the show, explain to me how you would explain, how would you uh, characterize Mr. Draper? Uh, but we get we get a pretty good, a pretty solid cast in this in this show. You know, we get uh, Iron Man's dad, uh, John John Slatery. Uh, we get him in the show. Uh, we get uh, Christina Hendricks, who I didn't even realize who she was until um, my wife watches this other show. That's I think it's Good Girls. Uh, she's in that show. Um, Elizabeth Moss, which I don't really particularly care for, but I think she does good here. And then, of course, you know, John Hamm. And John Hamm's gone on to have a, a successful a career in acting and doing movies and TV shows, voice, voice, voiceover work, and stuff like that. And I'm, I wonder how successful would this show be if it aired and premiered, let's say in the last three or four years, because there are a bunch of, there are several sensitive topics that I almost wonder would the show be at risk of being quote unquote canceled? Uh, because we're, you know, we're in the 1960s and we're talking about uh, gender inequality, sexism, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, the show is, is talking about these powerful men and the women in their offices. And, and the common theme is, you know, it's not uncommon for a lot of these men to have sex with these women that they're working with. So it kind of, someone could say that, well, the show portrays the women to be as just objects in the office for the men to use. You know, that that's just, that's part of the show. And it's highlighting uh, an atmosphere that was going on uh, back in that time period. And so I'm just curious, would that show survive today? Which I think, if you're going to retell a story and be accurate about the time period that it's happening in, regardless of how people feel, I don't, I don't know. I think it should, you know, if the show's good and it's doing an accurate job of, of telling of how things went, then I think we should let it happen. But it, it may survive today if it came out. Uh, I mean, it ended in 2015, which is only, was it? Well, it is eight years ago. Um, I, I, would, I know I would watch it. But those of you who are fans of the show, if you, if you have a different opinion, you know, if you think, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if the show would, would stay on air for it would be as successful if it was released today. Uh, let me know. Email the show. Uh, message me on Facebook. So let me know. I mean, if you're a big fan and you you don't think that it would work, or if you do think you just agree that it would work, I mean, let me know. And and then also, you know, I'd be interested in hearing on if your your disagreement with the placement and order of these shows, or if one of these shows doesn't belong, and there's another AMC show uh, that does belong on here. Like I know a lot of people were. Uh, we're big fans of the uh, Hell on Wheels show, which I never watched, but I do always remember seeing the the commercials in between episodes of Breaking Bad. You know, and that's the thing. Does anyone remember the AMC like commercials or trailers? Voice guy, I never was able to confirm, but I feel I think his voice was in Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Um, you know, as one of the uh, the operator's voices at the beginning of the match. Uh, but he had that real distinct voice, and I just always remember seeing the trailer for you know for uh, shows like Hell on Wheels or The Killing. Um, I never watched The Killing, but it was popular. I know it was having a lot of popularity during uh, during that first season of The Walking Dead. 
Um, but when I was doing some research on, on AMC and some of the statistics, uh, I found a lot of people like this show called Lodge 49, which I've never actually seen. And I don't, I don't ever remember even seeing any, I don't, I've never heard of it, but that just could be because I'm a uncultured swine and people are ranking it pretty high on the list. Um, so I'm kind of surprised I've never heard of it, but if you are, I'd love to hear from you as to what makes it such a great show. And, you know, I would love some encouragement to uh, sit down and watch this thing, but we all know what number one is. And it is one of my favorite shows of all time, and that is Breaking Bad. Um, this show, I mean, this show just took hit me like a like a ton of bricks. I remember, and I remember how I got into it when I was a freshman at, at uh, Tarleton State. Uh, one of my residential leaders, Justin, he was a big fan of the show, and he had told me, you know, I needed to get into it, I needed to watch it, and it's so good. And sometimes I take that with a grain of salt, uh, like the show Stranger Things. Okay, now now that I've sat down and watched it, I, I actually fucking love that show. But I can tell you exactly, I can tell you exactly why I was so turned off from watching Stranger Things. So when I was working in, in uh, at the HEB in Stephenville, this is back when I was in college, uh, our store was being remodeled, so we had to park... I'm not exaggerating, but about a mile away from the store and be shuttled and then be shuttled to uh, to the store so we can go to clock in. And we used to go in at five in the morning. So you'd have to be you'd have to be there at 445. And, you know, I'm 22 at the time. And so sometimes some nights, you know, I'd, I'd be out late and and enjoyed myself and had a few alcoholic beverages. So getting up at 4 a.m. wasn't always the easiest for me. Um, anyways, so we'd be on the shuttle and we, you know, you have those happy, cheery, go lucky morning people. Good morning. And you just want to tell them, fuck yourself. My head is throbbing. My mouth is dry. I can't open my eyes all the way. Shut up. And I don't know how the conversation started. And I was trying to just keep my focus on the air conditioning vent in front of me, telling myself, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up. And someone said something about Stranger Things, and they asked me about it, and I was like, I don't know, man, I, I haven't watched it. And this lady, I'm going to keep her, I'll keep her, uh, keep her identity anonymous. Some of you, uh, some of you that know me know who it is. Uh, she turns around, and she's sitting in the passenger seat of this, like, van thing, and she's, she turns around, you know, the arm and the hair goes everywhere. She's like, you haven't seen Stranger Things. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to throw up on you. I am going to throw up on you if you don't shut your damn mouth. And it was at that moment that I that I made the decision, I will never fucking watch this show. I don't give a shit how good it is. I am not watching it. I'm not putting any attention to it because she likes it so much. Fuck that. I'm not watching it. But I did kind of mature up and grow up, and I watched it all last year. I binged it all last year when the new uh, season four came out, and I'll tell you, hey, that show blew me away, and you know what? And I lost even more respect for that lady, even though she did absolutely nothing wrong to me other than being annoying, an annoying, cheery, happy-go-lucky morning person. 
I'd felt so robbed of years of good of good and positive memories that I missed. I couldn't enjoy Stranger Things as it, as it was coming out because this lady just had to tell this hungover kid on the bus how good this show was. Uh, but anyways, so Breaking Bad. That that I had gotten into Breaking Bad from from uh, from Justin telling me how good it was, and so I remember. I remember I was watching it on my laptop that I was using for classes, and I was trying to keep in keep a keep up with it and then uh i was dating my wife she would come she wasn't going to tarleton time so she would drive in some weekends and and on the, some of those weekends we would just just binge watch yeah breaking bad as we could find it and this was before breaking bad was on may have been on netflix but we didn't have a netflix account at the time so we were having to find it on like um like sites you'd have to download it stuff like that and uh and we got hooked immediately. We, we loved it. We loved the show. And I mean, I, so I took a chemistry course uh, my, my freshman year of college, my first semester of my freshman year of college. And I just couldn't help but think, you know, hey, is my, is my chemistry professor, is he, is he cooking meth? Is he cooking meth on the sign? He might be. I mean, he dresses kind of nice and he dresses really good for a, to be on a, a college professor's salary, yeah, he's got to be cooking meth. But so, yeah, it's stuff like that. That the that's just how the show took a hold on me. Every time I saw an RV, uh, I would think, "Oh, there they are, Roland Meth Lab." When which and if you're not familiar with the show, um, Walt is the main character. He's a 50 year old man, and he's a high school chemistry teacher, and he's diagnosed with cancer with lung cancer. And he ends up he ends up seeking out uh, one of his old students, and they end up partnering up, and they go into the meth business. Uh, he knows the chemistry, you know. He know the line, you know the business, and I know the chemistry. And uh, produces some of the most uh, I don't know if I should say quality methamphetamine because how quality can it be? Uh, <laughs> But uh, his product apparently takes off, and it gives the people such a good high. And he finds himself immersed into this drug empire world. And at some point, he crosses a line where he ceases to exist. He ceases to be Walter White, the family man, this timid, this timid family man, and becomes Heisenberg, who is the leader of this... Um, who is trying to become this leader of a meth empire. But the show is so quotable. We get all these good scenes. I mean, just like the intro, you know, I am the one who knocks. Uh, and then Jimmy Fallon, uh, when he took over the the Tonight Show, he does this cool uh, uh, little entry monologue, and it's talking about Breaking Bad. And he kind of, he kind of, I kind of did what he kind of does, and he just takes bit bits from the show, but incorporates them that, uh, so that they fit into his his little late night comedy thing. Uh, of course, we get uh, Jesse's constant constant use of the word bitch, you know. And <laughs> sometimes sometimes me and Danny will still find ourselves doing it. You know, we'll say a sentence and then just follow up with bitch. Um, obviously, not derogatory to each other, but just you know. Uh, hey, remember, um, you've got to pick up freely from school today because I got to get my eyebrows done, bitch. And that's her calling me bitch, not uh, the vice versa. So everyone calm the fuck down. 
Uh, but the show does a good job of, of really getting you invested in the characters. And then as all good TV shows do, you know, some of these characters start dying off and you're like, oh, what? oh, no, he's dead. And it's like, you know, him, and it's like, oh, no, my uh, my Uncle Hank didn't die. He wasn't shot. Um, and then you see uh, you see characters like uh, like Marie, who's Hank's wife. Uh, I couldn't stand her. God, she is just a. I don't know if I want to use the C word. I don't know if I want to use the C word to describe it. But she's she's a bitch. We'll say that in the beginning. She's kind of uh, what's the word I want to say? And it doesn't start with a C. Affluent. She's very affluent, and but she really grows on you. And as the series goes on, she's actually one of I don't want. She's not one of my favorite characters. But I don't hate her as much. It's her sister who is who's Skylar, who is Walt's wife is the most hated character in t- almost the most hated character in all of television for me she is such a bitch and i do want to use the c word on her but i'm not going to use it today um i used that word yesterday when i was at work so i was like okay i can't use it again this week uh but and i get it i guess i get it you know if my if my spouse was putting my family in danger with mexican drug cartels and local gangs and cooking meth, maybe I'd be a little upset. But damn it, Skylar, he did it for the family. You ungrateful bitch. Jeez, can you not appreciate anything that this man does or and gives you? <laughs> but the show, um, I find myself, I'll go back and watch it, and then now it, it not only has the Better Call Saul spinoff, but it has a movie called El Camino, which it's not great. It's good. I like it. And it and it gives us good closure as to what happens after the events of Breaking Bad. Um, spoiler alert, uh, guys. If you haven't watched any of if you haven't watched any of Breaking Bad, and here comes another spoiler. Uh, please, if you don't want it to be spoiled, you know, stop, turn it off. Uh, but Walt dies at the end of the show. Um, he finishes his work and he fades away. But then we're left with what happens with Jesse Pinkman after he escapes because he was being held captive by another operation. And Walt, that's kind of Walt's final piece of work, not only killing these people for stealing his money, uh, but also freeing Jesse uh, because really, I guess I want to say it is a lot of the bad things that happened to Jesse during the course of the show wouldn't have happened if he hadn't met Walt. Like he like Walt, like Jesse does tell Walt, you know. You know, up until the great Heisenberg came and then fucked up my life. Um, so it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good movie to give you closure if you're if you're a Breaking Bad fan and you're a little, um, and you're a little unhappy about how the final episode ended, which I think is actually a, pr- a really good ending. I don't think they could have ended it any other way. Walt has to die. Um, he there's no, there's he serves no other purpose, and I just don't see any other route they could have gone that would have been as successful as him dying like him going to prison no i'd rather i'd rather him die than go to prison and be this washed up old cancer cancer ridden prisoner and actually i want to go to new mexico and take some pictures of uh, some of the scenes and some of the sights from from the show like like the house the the white's house uh, walter Walter's house. Uh, apparently, someone, a lady still lives there. She's got this huge black uh, gate around it, and she, apparently, she's always outside and always staring people down. She just wants her privacy. And you know, 
I won't tell her how to do things, but at the same time, if you know that's what people are going to do, why would you buy that house? But, I mean, I get it. She does have a right to privacy. But if I wanted my privacy, I just don't know if I would live in a house and trust society to stay away. Um, because obviously, society, most of society isn't going to give a shit. Um, and then, uh, now I can't speak for everyone. I don't, just me personally, I just want a good picture. Just put it on the snap, like, hey, at Walter White's house, about to throw a pizza on the roof. Maybe, and you know what? Maybe that's her fear. Maybe there's just going to be an enormous amount of pizza being thrown on her food because that's an episode, you know, after Walt's trying to um, smooth things over with, with Skylar because she's mad at him because he's, you know, he's a meth cook. He kills people. Uh, I think she's just, uh, and like I said, she's just ungrateful. And, you know, she just wants to fuck Ted the whole time. Anyways, so Walt brings pizza, pizza by the house and he's, trying to, you know, let's have a good, tell her, let's have a good dinner, and she rejects him, so he walks out, and he just throws the pizza on top of the, <laughs> on top of the, on top of the roof, which he has to actually go back up there and get it a day later. <laughs> uh, maybe she's worried that's what's going to happen, uh, but I'd like to take, I would like to take a picture of the, uh, of the duplex where Jesse was living in uh, with Jane in season two. Um what are some other things? Oh, the the car wash, the uh, A1 car car wash. Uh, apparently, it's still, I think it's a Mr. Car Wash, too, if I'm not mistaken. If it's not, guys, find out and let me know and uh, prove me wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure it's a Mr. Um, car wash. But this one, that's the only, if it is, that's the only Mr. Car Wash that you could have in A1 day. But guys, uh, contrary to how the shows have gone up until this point, uh, we're not going to surpass that hour mark, which is which is okay. You know, I've been meaning to try and keep all these episodes at about an hour, and we're sitting. We had just passed the fifty-minute mark, and that is my list for what makes AMC's Mount Rushmore the four shows that I think really show and highlight the network and that's brought them popularity and has been some of their best work. The Walking Dead, Better Call Saul, Mad Men, and Breaking Bad. And like I've said already a couple times, guys, if you if you have an addition to this list, if there's another show that, that you think deserves to be in here, or if you just think that there's it doesn't another show doesn't necessarily belong in the top four, but is an honorable mention or something that you wanted to discuss, uh, let me know in email. Let me know in uh, on Facebook, guys. Uh, let me know what what your thoughts are. Um, but I wanna I wanna I wanna end this episode once again. I can't I can't go an episode without an op- I can't miss an opportunity to not thank you guys, guys. We've now after three full episodes, we're over hundred and fifty plays on all platforms. Guys, that is super fucking cool. You guys have continued to hit the play button, um, and we've continued to have good feedback. And what's the what's been the coolest thing for me over the past week? I've had a couple people uh, uh, call me uh, and reach out to me, tell me that they love the show, and then wanting to give some insights and and have uh, have given me some actual feedback and some things that have been like, hey, this really wasn't. This wasn't cool or the mix was off here, the volume. And so it's it's been things to work on and fix and things to focus on. And I, I so appreciate that because that shows me 
how invested you guys in this, and it keeps me sharp, and it keeps me evolving this this show and this project into making it to what I what I'm imagining the end result be, which I still don't have a clear picture of what it is, and I still think that the a couple of things about this show may change, like the sports and video games. I still want to talk about them, but I just don't know if they're gonna continue to fit the bill of what this show is. But we're still gonna give it a whack. We're still gonna give it our best shot and figure it out. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for continuing to share the page. Um, be on the lookout for new socials. I'm, I'm in the works of trying to get a Twitter a Twitter page going and a TikTok page going and put out some more content. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at trying to get some swag, some stickers ordered. And um, if I do that, uh, I'm going to do a another giveaway uh, and I'm going to try to figure out the best way to do it on social media uh, to give away some stickers for you guys and some other swag that'll be completely free. You know, you guys aren't gonna, you guys won't have to buy them. Um, I'll do a giveaway to give, uh, to give the winner, uh, some of the swag just as a, another token of my appreciation because I've loved it. Um, but guys, I can't wait to continue to talk to you guys weekly. I so appreciate your patience this week. I know it's, I know it's Wednesday. I know the episode's supposed to, supposed to come out on Monday. It was a, insane week with work and just some things in life but you know what no fucking excuses we still got it out and i thank you guys for your for your patience um and i can't wait for you guys to be around because we've i've got some exciting things planned for the next couple weeks you know next week uh one we're getting ready to enter the mlb uh regular season and if you guys aren't baseball fans and you didn't catch any of the World Baseball Classic that just ended on Tuesday night, um, guys, you missed out some of the most amazing, uh, most amazing moments in baseball in recent years, especially occurred just over the last week or two. I mean, every game that I watched really had a postseason or World Series or playoff game type vibe to it. I mean, guys were hitting home runs, guys were striking people out. I mean, we re- every country in this thing really tried to stack their team and put out the most dominant team they could and to, to bring home that World Baseball Classic title. Congratulations to congratulations to the the Japanese team for winning against uh, Team USA, uh, Shohei Otani. And, and how awesome is this? And you guys, if you follow my personal uh, my personal uh, social media accounts, you'll hear me say this a lot. How can you not be romantic about baseball? But we, you know, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are two of baseball players' best players, and they're both on the same team with the Angels. Well, the final the final out of the entire championship is Shohei Otani pitching, being on the mound for Team Japan, facing his teammate Mike Trout for United for the United States, and he ends up striking him out, sealing the deal and sealing the win uh, for Team Japan. Uh, such an awesome moment. Uh, but So what I was getting at, guys, is we have that coming up. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of my favorite baseball movies, such as Major League, Rookie of the Year, uh, The Rookie. Um, and some of you might remember an old movie from when we were kids called Angels in the Outfield, uh, Rookie of the Year. I think we've already talked about Rookie of the Year. Uh, but there's so many good baseball movies that I kind of want to talk to you about. And there's so many of them that are that are... Most of them are comedies, uh, and they're going to have some good talking points for us. And in the coming weeks, guys, if you're not, if you're a fan of cult classics, 
And if you've ever seen the movie American Psycho with Christian Bale, I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about that movie. I'm finishing up the book again right now. Um, mainly the, the topic uh, is going to be focused around the movie, but it's going to be cool to point out how different the movie, how, how the movie differs from the book, uh, which doesn't, not a lot of it's different. I mean, it's just crazy how they can stay true to the book and have success in the movie. But if you're a fan of cult classics like that, I think you're going to love that episode. If you've never seen it, uh, viewer discretion is advised when you listen to the episode and then watch the movie. Uh, but that's going to be in a couple weeks. Up until then, guys, give American Psycho out a give it a shot, check it out, watch it. You can find it, I know, on HBO Max, Amazon Prime. Um, but I, guys, I just want to continue to thank you guys for your support and your love. Continue to hit play. Uh, if you're loving the show, consider giving it a like and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then continue to try to spread the word on Facebook and socials. If we can get that Facebook page up to 100, uh, up to 200 uh, followers, we're going to be doing another giveaway on top of the one I was just talking about. So guys, I will see you guys next Monday. And I hope you guys have a good week and a good weekend. Listen to some good music, watch some good TV shows, have a few beers, have a drink, have a glass of whiskey, wine, whatever it is. Stay safe, have fun, and I'll see you guys next week.